The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, and I'm your host. It's so great to have you here today. I just know you're going to love today's show. Uh, but before we get started, I want to thank my guests from last week for what was a really amazing show. We had um, Robert Palmer from WestJet, who told us more about the fun and inspiring storytelling approach they are using. Uh, and they use that with their employees and their customers. It was a lot of fun. And I also got to talk to one of my storytelling heroes, Annette Simmons, who wrote The Story Factor and Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins. Um, and that was so fun to talk to and had to, she's so wise about story. So I, I really recommend you check out that episode. It's on the on-demand library on the Story Powered page. So do have a listen, um, but don't do that just yet. We have a really great show for you today. After the story of the week, I'll be talking to Ann Day of Company of Women and Amy Hunter of Encore Coaching Company about their new venture, The Good Enough Project. So first of all, we have the story of the week. So this week, I'm going to share my story of good enough. Uh, so I have always struggled with being good enough. In school, I was a top student, but I was rarely satisfied with my results. Even when I got marks in the 90s, I would think I could have done better. When I went to university, I chose the one that was the best, rather than looking critically at the programs in campus and deciding what was the best for me. I got there and I immediately felt out of place. I spent that year playing pool and volunteering. I barely went to lectures and I, I didn't really make that many friends. So I left. And yet again, I was feeling like I was not good enough. So I got on a plane and I went to England, where I built a life helping others that did not feel good enough either, or who were viewed by society as generally not being good enough. I worked with people who were homeless, unemployed, and had mental health issues, helping them to move past their problems. Sometimes they could, often they couldn't. I then moved into engaging youth who were living on the margins of life, and I was engaging them in activities that helped them to feel like they mattered. I viewed my work as an intervention, understanding that not feeling good enough as a young person would have a long-term impact for them. I became the CEO of a national youth action agency and sat on an advisory group with the CEO of Barclays Bank, Scottish Power, and other big companies. I even got an invitation to attend a garden party with the Queen. I felt like I was finally good enough. And then I had a baby and I came back to Canada. I'd been away for 15 years and I wanted to come home to be closer to my family and so that my son could have the same opportunities I had growing up. But I was worried. Although I'd gotten my degree in the UK, it was not at a top university in Canada, so it might not be looked upon as favorably while I was job hunting. 
I was yet again feeling like I was not good enough. So I took a leadership role in a small town rather than competing in the big city landscape. And I did very well there. I took a fledgling organization and turned it into a leader of innovation and best practices over the next five years. But I did not enjoy living in a small town. And and when my relationship ended, I decided to move to Toronto. Yet again, I worried about my credentials. And I took jobs that my friends and family described as too small for me. And in those roles, I worked for the very people that I anticipated would find me lacking. People from wealthy families who had attended Ivy League schools and were now working in big corporations. Several had been to Harvard and most had MBAs. My extensive nonprofit experience was attractive, so they hired me, but I always felt like there was an undercurrent that somehow they knew better because of their background and positions. And because of my good enough worries, I became defensive rather than embracing the differences in knowledge and finding out what I could learn from them. I also couldn't see that most of them were young and also worried about being good enough. The relationships broke down, and after 20 years of service, I decided to leave the nonprofit sector and start my own business. So then I got to worry about whether I had the right experience to work with businesses. Would they view my nonprofit experience as somehow less than? Would I even find clients? And of course I did. My, ex- my engagement expertise is highly valuable in a business world where so many are disengaged at work. But I had to get to a point where I believed that for myself. I had to believe that I was good enough for people to hire me. I had to believe that I was good enough to run a business my way. And I got there. So now I have a business I love. I have a radio show, which is a lot of fun. And I'm back at school doing my master's. Not because I need to get ahead, but because I love learning. And although I'm doing well, my marks are almost irrelevant. I'm much more confident as a parent, and I look to the future with excitement and a sense of adventure. How did I do it? By understanding that good enough is a story we tell, and it's a story we can change. I've shifted from worrying about being good enough to telling myself that I am good enough. I'm a good enough mom. I'm a good enough business owner. I'm a good enough friend. I'm a good enough person. I no longer worry about being the best. And this has been crucial because thinking about myself in comparison to others is what shifts my story from joyful to lacking. Instead, I'm embracing being imperfectly human and crafting my own wonderful story. I am good enough, and so are you. And now I have the absolute pleasure to introduce you to a woman who was instrumental in helping me get where I am now. She may not know it, but hearing her story helped me immensely and gave me courage to get going with my business. She also gave me the opportunity to learn about entrepreneurship and being good enough when I was interviewing women business owners and writing their stories for her business. Anne Day is the owner of Company of Women, an award-winning organization that supports, connects, and promotes women entrepreneurs. Company of Women offers conferences, workshops, and retreats that enable women to learn from and support each other. And I will tell you, I had the opportunity to be a solid gold dancer at Anne's conference last year, fulfilling a lifelong dream. She makes dreams come true. Never thought it would be being a solid gold dancer, but but who knows what can happen at a company of women conference. (laughs) So Anne has had an eclectic career from spearheading charities to working for government on women's issues to being a magazine editor and now entrepreneur. She's the author of three books, as well as a regular contributor to the Huffington Post. 
Now, I also want to introduce you to one of the women I had the privilege of interviewing and writing about for Anne. Amy Hunter is passionate health, wellness, is passionate about health, wellness, and empowering women to define their purpose and reach their potential. Amy's had a diverse career with a common thread of guiding people towards finding hope, purpose, and commitment to healthy, fulfilling lives. Amy is a nurse, and her work has focused on helping children and families, working initially in pediatric critical care and oncology. She's currently on faculty at McMaster University teaching the School of Nursing. Amy's a published author and speaker. And she also discovered the profession of coaching four years ago when she founded Encore Coaching Company. And Amy provides coaching services for women and healthcare professionals. Her big dream is to empower women and healthcare professionals to thrive and live a good life by getting clear on their purpose and cares so they can have a bigger impact on their larger community. Anne and Amy, welcome to Story Powered. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to have you here. So I'm going to ask you both, tell me a bit about your story. Anne, what's, what's your story and how did you get to where you are now? Um, well, as you said, I've had a very eclectic career. And um, when I turned 50, I um, quit my government job and decided to become an entrepreneur and um, had a consulting practice and really did very well. But the one thing that struck me was it's very isolating when you work at home on your own. And I was pretty sure other women felt the same way. So I booked a speaker, booked space, and 165 women showed up, oh, wow. which totally blew me away. And I thought, well, yes, I'm on to something, clearly. And for a couple of years, I kept both going. Um, and then I got sick. And, you know, that when you get sick, you sort of start to look at what's important, what, where your focus should be. And so I decided to pack in the consulting practice and focus on company of women. So now, uh, 13 years later, um, it's a, a going concern. I mean, it really was supposed to be a sideline for me, but there you go. Um, it's fun. I love working with the women, and I love seeing them blossom and grow and, and step into their own future. That's wonderful, Anne. And there's so many that um, attribute particularly their start to kind of finding their feet with Company of Women, and you also have this community that grows with you. So, And how about you, Amy? What's your story? Well, I'm listening to Anne, and I'm thinking, well, if it weren't for Anne, I probably wouldn't be on this call with you both because I wouldn't have met you, Leanne. Um, so That's I true. discovered... Um, I sort of got my feet wet through Company of Women when I started my own coaching business, which was never meant to be a business. It's kind of funny how we fall into these things. I went to coaching, um, a coaching training program because I had um, come out of a, well, I was going through a difficult time coming out of a 19-year marriage, and um, the opportunity to go to a coaching program came up, and I actually went not knowing really too much about what coaching was. I enjoyed coaching conversations with faculty and students at the university and just had sort of casual conversations with women about their careers and where they were heading in my social circles, but never would have defined it as coaching. So I went to the program, and I still remember sitting in the audience watching this incredibly wise leader of the program, coach other members, and thinking, wow, I'm glad I have my my stuff together. <laughs> and then I ended up going up and getting coached and realized I was drowning in a sea of shame coming out of a marriage uh, breakdown and my, you know, my role as a good mother and what was that and, and really struggling with feeling good enough as a mother, as a parent, as a woman in society who was now single. 
Um, and uh, so that sort of led me back to explore what, what is this coaching because it helped me tremendously work through a lot of personal issues. Um, and it, it never intended to be a business, but it just sort of evolved with the women that I started to talk to and then I started talking to groups and then at the university started doing workshops for faculty on how to have coaching conversations and eventually it just became a business and um, and I certainly benefited from Anne and the company of women in in building my business. Nice. And so, so you're both working on a project called the Good Enough Project. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it sort of started uh, in a strange way, and if you like, in that um, Amy had been in a group that I worked with, a group of women who just started their businesses, and we kind of clicked. And so we were just having lunch um, socially. And we were talking about, you know, what we were doing and so forth. And I had already decided I wanted to write a fourth book, but I wasn't quite sure what it was going to be about. And Amy um, had uh, been giving, uh, was going to give a keynote at a conference. And so, of course, I casually say, well, what's it about? And she said, well, not being good enough. And I guess in a way, I already had sort of the idea of where we were going. We'd had a retreat where women had to um, plan out 10 years from now. And then the question was, well, what would hold you back? And without fail, all of them said, well, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to succeed. And it kind of blew me away because they seemed on the outside such together women that they, you know, it was hard to believe that that was what they were feeling. And so after that lunch, we both said, well, let's do it together. It's kind of synchronicity. Nice. Well, and I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, go ahead, Because Amy. Anne's perspective and re- on this conversation is a little different than mine because I came to talk to someone I admired so much and was just all ears for the conversation, and I had no um, ideas about writing a book or about uh, a project called The Good Enough Project. And it was through the conversation with Anne that it just... It was incredible. We had read the same books. We sort of started talking as if we'd been in conversation for years together. And when she said at the end of the lunch, do you want to write a book together? And I jumped up and said yes. And I remember driving home and going, oh, my gosh, what have I just got myself into? I have no idea how to write a book. (laughs) So it's just funny how um, when you open yourself to, to something that, you know, I would never have anticipated, great things can happen. Absolutely. And, and again, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, some of the stories that you've collected from women after um, we have a break in a couple minutes. But in terms of the project, you know, it's, it's, it's like a deep dive into some of our biggest stuff. So I admire the fact that you both kind of had a lunch and embraced it. I think that's amazing. Well, I think we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> 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 Maybe if we'd known quite what an issue it was, we would have had second thoughts. But back then, we were just so enthusiastic. <laughs> I think it's all—it's sometimes best that we don't know what's ahead, <laughs> for sure. So tell us about the project itself. So we've got a couple minutes. We've got about three minutes until we, we're going to have a break. So tell us about kind of the, the mechanics of the project and overall kind of what, do you, what were you looking for? How have you set it up? What, what have you gone about doing um, since you came up, since that lunch? What have you been up to? Amy, do you want to go? Sure. Well, I think the, 
we started with the book, and then we started thinking, what for the sake of what are we writing this book? Is it just to describe not good enough? Because that's really, it's not helpful. I mean, it, it does help in that you know you're not alone, but we wanted to do more than just describe the not good enough feeling or the mindset of not enough or the imposter syndrome. So what do we want to do with it and why? So we decided to put together the Good Enough Project, which the aim of the project is to build community, uh, to build community where we will, our hope is to, to offer workshops and some sessions around shifting the mindset of not enough, around dialoguing about what it is and how to get yourself out of feeling stuck or alone. Um, because what happens when you get into the mindset of not enough is, is we do tend to isolate and that, you know, as we share more later on about the stories, um, we tend to withdraw when we're feeling not good enough. So the idea of the Good Enough Project is to say, hey, you're not alone. We've got a community here um, and, and we're going to put out some offerings uh, once the book is complete to help shift the mindset. Nice. And, and of course, um, as Anne has talked about, um, and you found that in terms of, you know, founding company of women that, um, and I, I, it's not about gender, but we can just say as women, we know that we do isolate ourselves when we worry about not being good enough. I've, I've seen it as parents. I've seen moms, you know, so many moms are, are on their own because they, they worry about their parenting and similar with entrepreneurship. So I love it that you've gone to the heart of the very thing that, um, that we isolate ourselves with. Yeah, I think, you know, we've gone through quite a process. I mean, we started this about a year ago, and um, we we brought together some focus groups. And even that was really interesting in that there was one focus group, for example, where they were all women who just started their business. But what I didn't know was that they'd all been let go from their companies. Right. And so it was almost like a support group by the time they left because they were so sort of kindred spirits in terms of, all the turmoil they'd gone through. So we've done some focus groups. We've interviewed people one-on-one. And, you know, that kind of snowballs too because you interview one person and they say, oh, well, you should talk to so-and-so. And so it continues. And then the other thing that we did based on what we'd learned from the interviews and the focus groups is we developed a survey um, and sent that out. And I would say... We've probably talked to about, through all three. We've probably connected with about 350 women. So we're feeling that you know we've we've had a good sampling of what people, and particularly women, feel. That's amazing. That's a huge sample, actually, and I love that you've gone um, those three different routes. So we're now going to take a commercial break, and um, but I'm excited to come back, and I hope you all stay with us for to talk more about the Good Enough Project. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about um, some of the stories that Anne and Amy have found and about the concept of good enough and why it, it caught their interest. So I'm Leanne Pico, and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned and find out all about Good Enough and the Good Enough Project when we come back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire. Stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. 
Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. For women, the pressure to achieve is stronger, the work hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series, Game Changing Women. Powerful women leaders will help you make sense of it all, analyze how you can change the game, and share their playbooks. Game-Changing Women, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back. It's me, Leanne Pico, your host of Story Powered. And before the break, I was chatting with Anne Day and Amy Hunter about their new project, and they're still here. Thank goodness, because um, I don't know about you, but I'm so curious about uh, this project and, and where it's gone. So before we, we uh, took the break, we were talking about the concept of good enough, and we talked a little bit about why it was of interest to Anne and Amy, particularly around um, entrepreneurship and, and women kind of sharing their stories. And we talked a bit about parenting and about, uh, you know, isolating ourselves. So I'm wondering, Anne and Amy, what, what else interested you about the concept of good enough? What, what, where's the meat there, do you think? I think what we discovered so far is that um, it's, there's a lot more of it than we first thought. I mean, it seems to impact lots of people. And the other is that even outwardly, if someone looks as if they've got their act together and they're super confident, Inside, they're not, and it can hold us back from achieving our our potential. Is that what, Amy, I think you talked about the imposter syndrome. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, a little bit. Um, So the imposter syndrome came up with with many of the women that we spoke to, and it also came out in a survey that we did. Um, Really, the feeling that no matter um, what title or role or position you hold, there's this underlying fear, like a current running through that you're going to get found out that you really shouldn't have it, that you really don't have what it takes to be in the position that you're in. And even, Leanne, in the story that you shared in the opening, you sort of, I, you sort of related some experiences that sounded a bit like the imposter syndrome of yeah. fear getting caught, that really I shouldn't be here, I don't belong. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, that really came out in some of the the interviews and the survey that we did with the women. Yeah, and so I, and that concept of belonging really ties into it, and we'll. I think it's worth exploring that in a little while. But I think the imposter syndrome, if we can talk a little bit more about that, because, um, you know, it's funny. I, I had some friends when I used to work in the mental health field, and I had some friends, and we would talk about, like, as we moved up in leadership positions, we would talk about feeling like a fraud. And we would actually check in with each other sometimes and say, did you feel like a fraud today or did you feel like you know what you're doing? And so, you know, the the, the belonging and the kind of the isolating part, if we are on our own, there's no one to kind of check in with around that. So um, just wondering about, you know, what are some of the stories that you heard about people feeling like imposters and, and women feeling like they didn't belong where they'd got to? Well, I can certainly identify with the imposter one myself in that several years ago, I won um, the Entrepreneur of the Year Award, which was a big surprise to me. I hadn't even got a speech ready but the biggest thing I thought at the time was oh well they didn't check my financials <laughs> and if they had there's no way I would have got this award so <laughs> you, you know what it's so true our bank balance is is our reality check every single day it's well, so true that's that's it <laughs> well I think bank balance and also the um the degrees, Leanne, you referred to yeah, that too, and I know true. Anne's written about um, academic degrees and, and what having them and not having them can do to our sense of self and whether we belong or don't belong in certain roles. We, we, our culture puts a lot of um, value to credentials, uh, and I think that can also lead to feeling that we're not good enough or we haven't reached a high enough bar yet. Yeah. Yeah, where does it come from? You talk about culture, but I'm, I'm just wondering if there's so many of us feeling like we're not good enough because we either um, don't have enough money or don't have enough uh, credentials. I, I mean, if if there's so many of us feeling that way, who's who's the one <laughs> deciding um, what what the mainstream approach is? I, I just I wonder if you guys have explored that at all. Well, I think one of the things we came across, and, and certainly it came through loud and clear in, in the survey, is that women feel judged. Right. Um, but the thing is, they're usually the people, they're the ones judging themselves mm-hmm. because they're comparing themselves all the time and they never feel they measure up. Everybody else looks as if they're doing much better, they've got more knowledge, uh, etc. And so they put themselves down. So this whole judging ourselves and and that and I think trying to be perfect right. um, yes. mm-hmm. is, is where we put pressure on ourselves to perform. Mm-hmm. So really it's not, it's it's partly cultural, but really that's about what we value in culture. But really the cult, like the big, the big people is we're doing it to ourselves. Yep. And uh, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. But well, the good news about that is that we're in control of it, I guess. Yeah, and if you think about it, it's really, it's like looking through a window, right? And the window we're looking through is one of, that says not enough. So we look right. at ourselves through this window of not enough, and the window came from, it really comes from our sociocultural discourse in North America in particular, where more is valued, right? More money, yes. more work, more everything, having more things um, become our status. I mean, busy is a status symbol. So doing more, being more, having more is the window through which we look through. So when we begin to recognize that, it gives us an opportunity to really find a different way of looking at our life and, and, and asking the question of what is enough for me? What That's is enough? Nice. 
Yeah, I think that's the a whole great question. piece about more, too, is, is part of one of the other key things that we found was that the women felt overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. If you think about, you know, most a lot of the women have got children. They may have aging parents. They've got a demanding job that's even more demanding than ever. And trying to juggle all of that just... And what often happens, I think, is time for ourselves to nurture ourselves just gets lost in the shuffle. And so they're feeling very overwhelmed and inadequate. Well, and then when we feel like that, we're far from perfect. I mean, no one's perfect anyway, but you don't feel good at anything when you feel that way. Yeah, that's a good point. What we found and listened to is that, you know, if even, um, even if it's only one area where they feel that they're not performing well or meeting their own set of standards, they tend to, or we tend to, because I'm right in this with everybody else, you know, sort of whitewash the rest of our life is not enough. So if, if it's happening in our career where we feel like we're not succeeding, it trickles over into the rest of our life and how we see things there too. I think that's true, Amy, and I, I, that's such a good point because, and that's the thing I love about story, and that's why I, I spend all my time um, talking to people about story and helping them change their stories because it, it really is a perception. It, it is a story um, that we carry, and, and that I like the idea, the concept of leaking because it's, um, you know, we when we don't feel good enough in one area, the fact that it can leak to other areas is kind of an indicator that it's a narrative. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things that we've looked at is why, uh, in terms of what are the root causes. And sometimes it can be whatever happened in your childhood, and that can really impact how you feel about yourself, because if you've grown up in a negative um, environment or received that sort of message, like one woman we um, spoke to was adopted, and she said, you know, even her mother didn't think she was good enough because she gave her away. Oh, wow. And so you can think about how that impacts her life and how it sort of has a ripple effect on on everything. And the other is sort of life, you know, stuff happens to people and it can change. You know, Amy was talking about her divorce. You know, that's a big one in terms of how, how that makes you feel about yourself. Yeah, it's true. And it's interesting you say that, Anne, because I would kind of beat myself up for, for not feeling good enough. And then when I look at it, you know, had a baby, emigrated essentially, and um, started in a new place, new jobs, then had a divorce. And I go, oh, I wonder why I didn't feel good enough. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder why I feel like this. <laughs> so we don't, I think we don't, we don't accommodate and, and um, appreciate those changes and how, the impact that they have. And we just don't, uh, either because we're not talking about it with others or because we think we should be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. It's ironic too. Some, some of the other stories we heard were, were people who came from very good families in terms of uh, felt that they had loving parents and a quality childhood and upbringing, but yet the drive to succeed and to get A's and to perform um, has driven them to a place where they never feel like they've reached anything. They're constantly driving for the next bar. Wow. And the drive has led them to overwhelm, to overcommit, to, to live in a very stressed way every day. So, so childhood has an interesting uh, impact, be it a good or a bad. Um, it still influences how, how we see things going forward as adults. 
That's really interesting. In terms of, so for both of you, tell me like, if you could each share a story that that sat with you. Obviously, we're not going to name anybody or um, talk about their specifics, but could each of you share a story that particularly resonated with you when you're doing your interviews? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> There's so many. Or are there so many? Because I couldn't stop <laughs> interviewing. We interviewed so many, and she's like, you know, Anne is. You know, such a, an excellent person to work with because she kept saying, you know, we have to stop interviewing and start writing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so enjoying listening to the women. Yes. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that came out through all this, and I know we're going to, you want to hear some stories, but the theme of resiliency too, and often unrecognized even by the person we were talking with. Um, it was us, I was our listening that was like, wow, listen to the resiliency in this story. Um, yeah, I, I mean, one of the stories that that struck me was we um, we interviewed women who'd emigrated here because we thought it was we, it, the book's pretty diverse in terms of the stories, and so we interviewed some women who'd emigrated here, and and one woman in particular had moved here from Ghana, and her whole attitude, I mean, we could all just sort of sit around her. <laughs> and learn from her because what she was saying is she grew up in poverty, but they were happy. Mm-hmm. And yet you come to Canada and, and kids have everything and they're, they're you know, committing suicide. Right. And so you sort of think, well, how can we bottle what she grew up with in Ghana? And I mean, it was partly her faith, but she said mainly it was her family. Mm-hmm. Right. A sense of community and belonging, yeah. I think, is it's really what we're all seeking, right, is to belong and fit in, and not good enough actually pulls us away from that. It does. And, you know, and it's interesting because even the ways that we have, um, that have been constructed to help us create community do that. So, like, I look at Facebook, mm. and that's meant to be a social community, and, and mm. in fact, it just feeds into Oh yeah. Um, that, yeah. I like, if ever you want to feel this. bad about yourself, go and check out Facebook. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah is my relationship not good enough? Good. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what can we do? So, in terms of the woman from Ghana, she was talking about family and community, um, and about you know. So, is so what were like what were some of the stories of resilience? Because I, I do think it's important that although we um, focus on the good enough that. That, um, and, and this is what happens for me, and again, why I get such a buzz out of the work that I do, is someone tells me their story, and I can see the shining lights in their story. I can see the great stuff there, and, it, and I get to kind of feed that back to them and, and help them own it, um, whether it's a business, an entrepreneur, or, or an individual. So I'm just wondering, in terms of that, how did you, how did you handle those interviews and those uh, focus groups when you heard those stories and saw the, the great stuff? What did what, did, what are you doing with that, or what did you do with that? Well, I think certainly with the, the story of the woman from Ghana, I mean, the message I got was that, you know, is around gratitude and being grateful for what you have instead of always looking at what you don't have. Right. Um, and certainly her resilience. And, I mean, I think some of the other immigrant women that we interviewed um, – there was no going back for them. I mean, they maybe came to Canada because there was violence in their country or whatever. So they were determined to make it work. And, and it wasn't easy um, at, to begin with. But they got a, an end goal in sight, and that was what they were working towards. 
Yeah, and I think some of the um, some of the other stories that stand out for me are, are the stories where the women they reached a point where were feeling not enough or feeling small just wasn't okay anymore, and that they knew that there was something much more in their lives that they could be living, and and they made a decision, and the, and sometimes the decision was was um would cost them either their job or their their community or their family or whatever it was, but they knew it was a decision they needed to make, either to get out of a, a bad situation or to step forward into a better one. Um, and and it ended up that that through that they rebuilt themselves from the ground up, if you will, or from the inside out. So really becoming very aware of the old stories that were driving them to feel not enough and letting them go. And we did hear that over and over again in the women that had moved through this. That's and what, great. Interesting. One woman described community, you know, and I was talking with her as I was interviewing her about community because she was saying, you know, that's her, how she's um, worked through not enough is through her community. And I said, well, you know, lots of women are, are desire community. How did you go about creating or finding a community? And she goes, I build community wherever I am with one person, with two persons, whatever it is, I build community where I am. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. And what about the people, the women who seem stuck? Did you have any stories that kind of resonated there and, and you kind of thought, okay, it's going to take you a bit longer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I mean, I can think of some stories where where they'd made some big shifts, but they still felt a bit stuck where they were and asking for help um, would maybe be the next step for them you know, an awareness that they are stuck and then who can they ask for? And I think surrounding yourself by with people who really see all of your potential rather than people who bring you down. And I know that may sound a bit cliche, but boy, is it ever important to surround yourself with people that move you forward, that, that see all of your potential rather than people that will hold you into an old role and an old story that doesn't serve you anymore. And that's those are some of the hard choices you're talking about, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And we and those stories exist in our relationships with our families, with our partners, with our workplace, within our workplace. I mean, it, it's an interesting one to think about that if our story is that we're not good enough, and that's what we're kind of projecting, um, it's kind of hard for other people to ad, admire our potential. Sometimes I would think. And what do you think? Um, I guess I'm sort of, I'm off on a tangent. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about... You've got one minute for your tangent, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about some women who outwardly seem as if they've made it. You know, they're right. super successful. And yet, they're not doing anything for themselves. Mm. You know, they're they're just striving to to get ahead or I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're happy. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. You've tapped into a big thing, Leanne, with that we found around the not good enough too, is that um, women don't, don't put themselves on the to care for list. They care for everybody else first. And that actually feeds the feeling of not good enough because I I haven't earned self care yet. I haven't earned time for myself yet. I have to complete everything on my to-do list and then I'll take care of myself. And that actually fuels the fire of not enough. 
You know, and it totally does. And I can speak from experience when you start putting yourself first that um, everything else falls into line. But this is a big topic and I really want to keep talking about it. We're, we're going to take a break now. Um, but when we come back, we're going to keep talking about this this piece around. There's We've already got some great strategies about how we move from uh, not feeling good enough to being good enough or feeling good enough. And then we'll also talk a little bit more about this this piece, especially for women who don't look after themselves first. And it's a big one in business and entrepreneurship. So I'm Liam Pico and this is Story Powered. We're talking to Anne Day of Company of Women and Amy Hunter of Encore Coaching Company. And they're talking about their project Good Enough and, and their book that they're writing together, Enough. So uh, don't go away and we're going to talk a little bit more about this after the break. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. If you are in sales, do you repeatedly face the same challenges over and over? Slumping sales, job security worries, trying to get your brand off the ground. It's time to come over to a new way of thinking. It's time for Stand Up, Stand Out, or Stand Down with Malcolm Evans, the Sales Accent Guide. You'll hear what works today to keep you at the top of your sales game and increase your business directly from some of the most respected voices of the sales world. Tune in Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money. Featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. I'm Leanne Pico, and I'm talking with Anne Day and Amy Hunter about their Good Enough project. Before the break, um, I think we probably solved most of the problems of the world in the conversation we were having. Um, but we'll keep talking about it in case, in case some of you missed it. Um, we were talking about good enough and about not enough and about um, comparing ourselves to others and creating community 
to to feel good enough. But one of the central things that that we were um, starting to focus on, and I'd like to explore a little bit now, is the idea, not just the idea, the fact that um, women often put ourselves on our, we put ourselves last on the to do list and um, and and the look after list, and and as Amy calls it, our care list, which I, I really love that phrasing because it's um, it's a big piece um, for women, and and it's impossible to feel good enough if you're not in investing in yourself. Isn't that right, Anne and Amy? Well, I would say so. Um, it's, it's very hard if you, it, you know, you need to fill, fuel yourself up in order to give. Yeah, I would agree. And when we talked about overwhelm earlier in the show, I mean, overwhelm really comes from um, overcommitting and not asking for help and, and also not saying no to requests that are made of us and and often as women, we're very, very good at saying yes um, and we have a much more difficult time saying no to people. Um, so, you know, even building, building the skill and the self-respect to say no because you, you just can't do anymore. Um, you need to, instead of saying yes, you need to say yes to yourself and take that time to take care of yourself. Yeah, it's so true. And, and when we think, I, I like the, the, when we think about investing because it's, um, you know, when we talk about spending money or spending time, we get all anxious and we go into our scarcity mode. And so the concept of investing and particularly for women entrepreneurs, because, you know, it's, it's really funny because there's this, um, this interesting thing that we do, which is say, I'm going to run my own business. So, um, my life is a little easier. <laughs> and, uh, it just ain't the case, right? No. No, I mean, I think you do have more control or more flexibility yes. when you have your own business, but you still have to put in the hours. I mean, the work is still there and it still has to be done. It's just maybe you can work your hours around your family or whatever. Um, but, you know, when you think about investing or paying yourself, we the, the bankers would say, well, you should pay yourself first. And that's almost what we need to do as women. We need to sort of make sure we eke out some time for ourselves so that we can nourish our own lives. Well, and one of the traps, too, of being an entrepreneur is, you know, well, I'll reward myself with, you know, going to the gym or uh, a night out with my girlfriends once I finish all my work and once I've done all my, you know, parenting and other commitments, then I'll reward myself with this. And what happens is we really never finish everything to be able to get to that time to ourselves. And in in working with uh, women professionals in my coaching capacity, I've certainly hear often how self-care has been um, very narrowly defined to going to the gym and eating right. And while those are essential, um, it's also about having nurturing relationships, having downtime, quiet time, time to go for a walk and just be. One woman I've been coaching recently, the last couple of months, talks about... um, it, it was a big step to carve out 10 minutes of just quiet time in 24 hours for herself. She felt that, that wow. she really didn't have 10 minutes. Right, right. And, you know, the, the, a lot of the, um, the research and a lot of the, the commentary today is about, and again, just going back to story a bit, which is that's kind of a story we tell ourselves. Because I know when I say I don't have time, it's I'm making decisions about my time. Right. Um, and often when I say I don't have time, it's because I don't want to do the thing 
that <laughs> so you know most of the time I don't have time to go to the gym that's just <laughs> yeah so you know so again it, it's it's about a cautionary tale I guess in terms and that's kind of why I say because I, I love uh, being an entrepreneur and, and as Anne said controlling when I work and who I work for and all of those things but there there are things that trade off we're not nine to five um, and so then again, when we're tired and exhausted and haven't invested in ourselves, and that's either time or, or frankly, even, you know, learning or like you say, relaxation, then the whole concept of good enough is really hard to, to get to. Yeah. And if you look at it from a perspective of enough, then time is really about taking care of what we really care about. Um, we can fill our to-do lists endlessly and sometimes we write things on our list just for the pleasure of crossing them off but when we're looking at time how we want to spend our day it, it is so important to look at what is it I really care about nice I think too you know often when women start their own businesses they have such unrealistic expectations of how quickly the money is going to come in Yes, and and right. often if they're married, their husbands are sort of saying, well, have you made any money today? Or, you know, so there's an added pressure to produce, which yes. yep. is maybe not that realistic. Because it takes well, and, time. Yeah. And, and like you say, and, and then if you add to that a, um, you know, for some people, this idea of um, having to get to some destination in order to be successful in your business and, and kind of, you know, constant climbing up, like, mm-hmm. not, you know, that, that that must have an effect too. Yeah, and celebrating the small wins, right, along the way, you know, celebrating a, a, a good client relationship, celebrating a, a contract that you got. Um, we tend to forget to pause and celebrate, which feeds the enoughness. And instead we strive for, oh, now, okay, that's great. Now i got to move on to the next thing. Um, right. We forget to pause and recognize what we've already done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So in terms of the how, because in this section we talk a lot about the how, um, you know, and trying to help our listeners kind of have some actionable steps. So you both have provided um, quite a lot of um, insight into how we move to feeling good enough. I'm just going to kind of go back over the things that we've talked about in our conversations so far. So one of which is make a decision. So we have to make a decision that we want to feel like we're enough. Often that decision costs us something. Um, so that means we also need to invest in our, ourselves by, by taking hard decisions, um, creating community, even if that's one other person, it's, it's somebody else to reflect, um, our, our feelings and our accomplishments with having an attitude of gratitude. So we talk a lot about that, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's a huge, it's a huge piece because when we're grateful for the thing, the small wins, like Amy just said, asking for help. Um, something that a lot of us um, struggle with a lot. Um, I speak from personal experience. And as I've gotten better at asking for help, the more I'm able to um, not sit in in the negative stuff. Um, We've also talked about surrounding ourselves with people who move us forward rather than keep us us stuck. Do you have any other ways in which we can... um, That's a lot. Those are a lot of great um, tips for people to, to move forward from not feeling good enough. Do you have any others that we've missed? I do think asking when we're when we're making commitments or 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 striving forward, uh, and often we're striving through exhaustion, to ask, take a moment, you know, just take a moment and ask yourself, for the sake of what am I pushing so hard? 
what is it I really want to do? Where do I really want to be? And who do I want to be with doing that? What do I care about? So that we, we focus our lives in a way that every day we feel like we're living a good life, not waiting till we reach a certain point and then we'll live the good life. Right. And Amy, you talk about, then that's where you have that, um, your concept of, of cares. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, about focusing on your cares. Well, I, I guess it's a practice that I, I'm working with for my own life and that I work with, with my clients, um, and it comes out of the coaching discourse that I'm in. And it's really when we begin to take time to reflect on what do I want my life to look like and what is it I really care about, then when we say yes to different requests that come our way, we can measure it against, is that falling into what I said I care about? So if I care about growing my business with these types of clients, does this client fit? Is it in alignment with what I'm doing? And there's times when we need to do and, and, and follow through on things that maybe don't closely fit, but if the majority of our choices come from a place of care and concern, I think we live our lives quite differently. Right. That makes sense because, and again, um, like you say, if women struggle with saying no, mm-hmm. um, then if we can use our our um, our aptitude for saying yes and just hone it, it sounds mm-hmm. like. We want to hone our, our ability to say yes to the things that, that, um, that, that really mean something to us. That's it. And just um, a qualifier there, we tend to have a lot of cares. Right. We, we do care about <laughs> yes. a lot of things. And so That's it's actually true. looking at, I'm also a finite human being. I don't have endless years and endless time. And so where can I say yes, make a powerful commitment that's going to bring, bring my life forward as well as other people's lives forwards in service and also be able to take care of myself? So you can't, we cannot say yes to everything we care about at the same time. Uh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So, Anne, in terms of all of your experience in working with women entrepreneurs, how, how do you think in terms of, for business, from a business perspective, how, do, how can women get to a point where they think they're good enough? Well, I was sort of writing a note down to myself. Part of it is removing the mask of perfection. Mm. Mm. Um, letting go of trying to be perfect, but also admitting you're not perfect and, and being authentic. Because I think if you surround yourself with women who are like-minded, you find that you're not the only one that feels this way and that, you know, maybe together we can sort of say, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Because I think one of the things I've discovered really is that it doesn't really matter what business you're in. The issues are always the same. And so if we can let go that barrier and actually share the challenges we're facing, we can come up with answers together. Nice, I love that. Not alone. Mm-hmm. As I yeah. usually say, you're not alone when you own. <laughs> right, right. And and that's a big thing because, again, um, you know, kind of old school business approach was often about getting ahead and climbing over each other and competing, whereas you're, you're tapping into something right there, which is a, a really strong, um, I, I'll say theme, but also impetus in business right now, which is sharing vulnerability. And being able to be human, we're moving into a whole different different terrain. And so uh, I always say, and this is what I talk to with my clients, um, particularly women clients, but I say, you know, the fact that you're able to tap into your emotional side is a huge strength in business. And so we should be tapping into that and sharing it. 
Yeah, I love what you said there, Anne, about dropping the mask of perfection too. Yeah. Because once we do that, then we're much more open to asking for help. Yeah, and asking for help, Amy, and it's, it's interesting because it's it's kind of the it has a connotation that we're in trouble when, in fact, um, we might be. But asking for help is also, you know, when we're starting our business, it's often it's just something new. Yeah, for sure. Well, and also it's it's recognizing what you're good at and what you're not. I say that having spent my morning trying to sort through receipts for my bookkeeper. (laughs) 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 Thinking, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and asking for help, too, can be, um, you know, is it it help around the house? Is it help driving kids somewhere so that you can focus a little bit more on something and I think as as women especially, we tend to want to be the perfect parent and the perfect business owner. And so, well, I don't want to tell anybody that I can't manage driving my kids in 10 directions at the same time and have a client call, so I'll just try to do it all while I'm driving, you know? Right, right. Rather than ask for help. Yeah, thank you. And that's, and that's you know, we're about to, to finish the show, but I, I think that that's a, a really great uh, moment to, to finish on, which is we don't have to be perfect. We just need to be good enough. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, uh, Anne and Amy, for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you for You're having welcome. us. Thanks for inviting us. Well, we very much appreciate it. I've, I've totally enjoyed this conversation. And, and as I said before, you can um, make sure you keep an eye out for Anne and Amy's book, Enough. But if you want to find out more about the project, you can check it out at www.thegoodenoughproject.ca. So keep an eye out for that. And don't, um, don't go away because you need to hear about next week's show. Um, it's going to be very exciting. We're going to talk to Dorothy Engelman from Q Media Solutions. And we'll be talking to Dorothy about video. Video is such an important business tool. Everybody says you need one. Why do we need it? And when should you create one? And how do you do that effectively? So make sure you tune in next week to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Picot, and you can find out more about me and about telling your best stories at www.verygoodstories.com. Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks for joining me, Leanne Picot, and Story Powered. I'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.